How about that now? Is that better now? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Okay. So I wonder, how often do, do stories in real life finish with a happily ever after? It's rare. Rarely do we get truly happy endings in life because there are very rarely clear moments that are defined by the end. Moments where you'd lean into your friends or lean into your spouse and say, and we all lived happily ever after the end. Life doesn't work like that. Life sort of continues. We go from chapter, yes, into another chapter, but we never really get to the end until it's the end. And that's how movies work. It's how books work, and it can frustrate many fans of TV shows and movies because sometimes there is an ending, and it's all rich and fulfilling, and, and they all live happily after, ever after. They all sail out into the sunset, and we think, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. It feels unrealistic. It feels fake because we know that after all the drama these characters have gone through, uh, the circumstances and the scandal that's unfolded, finishing with a, with a couple who've just professed love standing at the end of a wedding aisle, feels like one of the most optimistic dreams. Because we know that having come through what those characters have come through, they're going to therapy, they're going to talk to a counselor, and that marriage is probably going to last six months. But that's not where the movie ends. The movie ends with them saying, I do, or the big profession of love. And it gives us the sense, the concept of a happily ever after. Even though if we stop to look at it, it feels fake. We know it, it's not quite right. And I wonder if that could be a problem when it comes to the book of Ruth when we finish off this study. Because does happily ever after feel like a good ending to the story? Does it feel like maybe a false narrative for this story? Does it feel unrealistic? And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to stir things up here. But maybe the idea that true love or a second marriage and financial security, all these things are a wee bit too much to promise. It's all a wee bit too... Too wild and extravagant that all these physical and emotional needs are going to be met, that Ruth and Boaz and, and perhaps we by extension can have our happily ever after. Does that feel right? I think we're right to be skeptical about that because that's not the point of the story. The point of Ruth is not to tell us that you will definitely get remarried or you'll definitely have children or you'll definitely have financial security if you come to Jesus and you make him your redeemer. That's not the takeaway from this book. That happened to Ruth, yes, through what Boaz was able to do, but that's not the direct correlation for us. Something that is crucial for us as Christians to believe and to remind ourselves of is that the bride of Christ is not us individually, but us collectively. We are the church. The bride is the church. So it's not, oh, you're the bride, and you're the bride, and you're the bride, and you're the bride, and you're the bride. No, that's not how it works. Rather, the church is the bride. And the bride... The church, the wedding, is going to be when the groom comes and collects us and gathers his bride together and takes us to heaven. And the marriage supper of the Lamb and all those different things in Revelation take place. And that's huge. Because that's when the full riches of heaven are really going to be open to us. Anything else is a false gospel. 
All right. If you hear a Christian or if you're reading the book or if you're watching a TV show that's saying, listen, if you become a Christian, you'll have financial security or, or you'll get the promotion or you'll get the car or you'll get this or you'll get that or get anything. It, it's a lie. And it can take on many different disguises from the most radical that will say out front and loud that God wants you to be rich and that we should partner with him by faith to pursue riches. And the justification will be given along the lines of, well, you can't get very far without money. And God wants us to have the money so we can do things with that money for him. And so go for it, pursue that money. Or, or perhaps they might say, well, hey, if you're a Christian, you're a kingdom kid and kingdom kids don't wear tattered clothes. We should dress like the king. We should have the royal things. We deserve the best in life because, hey, we belong to the king. There is another line to it, though, that's a wee bit softer, a wee bit more subtle. Uh, and it's probably just as dangerous. And that would be simply being more cautious. They'll not say those gross things about having uh, wealth, but they'll maybe minimize sin and they'll maybe minimize pain as if they don't really belong in the Christian life. And it's all upwards and onwards. It's all promises. It's all rainbows and unicorns. And we don't really have difficulties anymore.